Is that the common denominator, the rhythm? I mean, is that the thing that has threaded us well, that's together? It. I believe it. It's that's true. the foundation. If you don't have the foundation, you can, you can never build anything. If you ain't got no rhythm, you ain't got no time. If you, you have got nothing. No time, you ain't got nothing. Five, four, three, two, one. You are tuned into another episode of Styles and Driss. And we have a special guest, not necessarily in the building, but over Facebook Messenger, Mr. Quincy, aka Q Kong. What's good, man? Oh, man, just chilling. Just chilling. Yeah. Good yeah. you guys. Oh, just chilling. Uh, <laughs> but before we hit the ground running, Ozzy, why don't you enlighten us on uh, your little encounter with the neighbor? <laughs> nah, I like to forget about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. want to try and get that energy out. Okay. Yeah. So, get, get that energy out. Yeah. Just move it aside. Blow your nose. Wipe fucking, your ass. Yeah. Let, blow that shit out of the universe already. Let's move forward. <laughs> All right. So um, I got uh, I got the bio here. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of uh, get everybody laced up on uh, Quincy, a.k.a. Q-Kong who had started breaking in 2001, um, traveling the south, the east coast, the midwest extensively by 2002. Um, he is a winner of um, a couple of jams, including Loose Screws, NBL, Get Rooted, and Atlanta Street Jam. Um, you are currently breaking, uh, living and dancing out of the Tennessee area, correct? Right. Yep. And uh, let's see. He, um, he was also one of the founding members of Illville Crew, established in '03, and co-started Bashville in 2004, which is one of the lo- uh, largest uh, jams in the South and a uh, very, very reputable jam. Like a lot of people kind of say, like that really has like h- kind of help lock in the uh, you know like the the Southern region of the uh, the United States. Um, so uh, Quincy had. Uh, started um, house dancing around 2005 and really began to devote himself seriously around like 2011, founded the 615 House of Dance in 2013, and as a community resource for both beginning students and experienced dancers. And we sort of have like a a tie-in with that because uh, Boogie B had, uh, you know, gotten a lot of information from you guys and was able to start up the House of Dance here in the Twin Cities. So, um, very big, strong uh, connection to Nashville, uh, which is his hometown. Um, let's see, uh, also through um, a few other jams as well, uh, Blood on the Dance Floor, Funky Fighter, Just All Styles, and of course, Bashville. So, yeah, this is... Uh, so that was the episode right there. There you go. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, um, good night. The 615 House of Dance, yep. Dara and I... Yep. Uh, started that yeah. that's not on there unfortunately oh, okay. sorry that's an old bio okay i need to update all right so shout out to dara yeah i was gonna say because yeah. uh yeah because i remember back when bookie was like first talking about this and y'all were coming up and everything and like uh kicking it and you know mentoring and kind of helping him to get everything like organized as far as like what he needed to do and stuff so and uh you're also quite a entrepreneur as well you you get into like uh businesses and other prospects and stuff so you're not just a dancer or a pretty face so <laughs> I, i'm 
I I am I'm okay at business. I'm uh yeah. It's it's mainly uh Miriam has been yeah helping me with okay. all of that. She she's the one behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about. Okay, uh, but uh, she's not here right now. But she's the one. Okay, yeah. where is Miriam? Where where is Miriam? Yeah, Home Depot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know if she was traveling or something. Yeah. Or you know. Yeah, she's uh she's always doing something, always working on something and building the she's actually building the house scene here and Okay. I'm I'm assisting her on, on the classes or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's doing good. How's that going? Oh, it's it's good. She's uh pulling about uh, six or seven mm-hmm. uh, out of country music city, mm-hmm. which is really difficult for a house to grow and mm-hmm. uh, grow down here, man. It's, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, are a lot of our students, what, what would you say the age group is for our students? Age range. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say uh, on average, mm-hmm. probably like 34. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. It's kind of hard to, you know, articulate house culture, let alone house dancing, to like a, a child, mm-hmm. to a kid. Yeah. Um, unless, you know, I don't know how they do it overseas with all those kids and everything in Japan and in Europe. I don't understand how they how they get that through their heads. But apparently, you know, unfortunately here in the U.S., it's a whole different ball yeah. game. It's a whole different story. Yeah true that we need the club i like mm-hmm. that's so confuses me cats will get really good without the club yeah which it just like i don't know i mean but that that energy that vibe uh, you'll know if a, a cat is from uh the club or if they learned in a class setting yeah or a little bit of both mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but yeah for sure like i think um you know when you can definitely tell because you can tell when someone's just slanging moves and when their transitions are chopped or if they don't know how to just stick to one move and, you know, let that move ride and and build off, you know, you, a lot of the times you can tell, yeah, they learned in a class setting right. or, you know, they're, they have never or maybe they've set foot maybe once or twice in a club and decided that it wasn't for them. Mm. At least True that's that. what I see. Yeah, I tend to confuse a shitload of people because <laughs> my movements are sharp, but... You know, I get down in the clubs as well. So mm-hmm. people are like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to each his own. Well, I always thought of like Ozzy as kind of being like the consummate, um, like the combination of like the guy who played like division one ball, but then you can also do like street ball type of shit. You know what I'm saying? So you know how to walk that line where um, other people, like I said, you know, they we, we like to affectionately use the term studio soul. You know, they dance very one-dimensional. Mm. They dance, like, track-to-track rather than mixes. They only <clears throat> dance, like, like small rounds as opposed to continuously ciphering for, like, hours on end. So they kind of get to a point where you can you can sort of tell, like, you know, after about, like, two or three rounds, they're just they're completely cased. And it's because they've been practicing in studios and stuff all the time as opposed to getting out into the, the natural habitat of house dancers, which is the club, and how important that is to the ve- development of the dance but also the dancer in my opinion so right right. Mm. i appreciate that i just call it hybrid yeah (laughs) i'm a hybrid of both (laughs) fuck it i don't care at this point you know as i think as we get older who gives a fuck dude right you know like yeah (laughs) yeah you know it's it's i don't know i think 
aging is like an ego oh. check. Yeah. So, but sorry, go ahead, man. I interrupted you. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. No, I, I feel you. Like, I guess it's our own interpretation of the dance. So it's like we can only really like judge ourselves if we're doing it mm-hmm. or the feeling or the, yeah. you know, like uh, all we can do is just dance. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. That's yeah. literally what it comes down to is all you can do is just fucking dance and survive. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't get any more complicated than that. However, being human beings, we still tend to complicate it every now and then. True that. Um, so now Quincy, um, uh, Side question, um, were you born and raised in the Tennessee area, or did you come from another place and then move to Tennessee at a different uh, point in your life? Well, I was uh, born in uh, Fort Hood, Texas, Okay, um, but I was a military baby, so mm-hmm. moved around a lot until I was like, I think, eight, maybe nine, and um, then we got to Nashville and... Uh, grew up in this uh country place <laughs> um where there is like it's weird man like uh, for what i'm into mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't make sense yeah like <laughs> yeah it's not here um it, it's growing yeah um but yeah this is where i've been since um, yeah definitely nine years old i think okay yeah and um so you were saying that you first took up breaking in one. um where was your first exposure to the dance and then how did you segue over into house uh jason evans versus run dmc music video oh it's like that uh, I think, yeah yeah <laughs> and uh i saw cujo uh-huh and uh, i was like i want to I want to do that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of people, so, a lot of people forgot about that shit. Like in the, in the very late nineties, early two thousands, MTV two was kind of like taking up the helm of just playing music videos while like MTV one was all TV shows and like content. And mm-hmm. yeah, you would watch like M two and there would be just like all kinds of outlandish stuff, right? You'd be hearing like all kinds of house music. You were hearing, you know, fat boy, slim, Mr. Scruff, um, you know, uh, night crawlers, like all these, like all these, like heavy hitters, and people were going, like, well, "What is this? Is this some new shit?" And people were like, "No, this is stuff that's been going on since the '80s." But it was just kind of yeah. dope that now people were starting to actually see it and and see it all together. And then, of course, um, like you were citing that video, that was that was kind of a good hybrid because that that track was a, like a club banger, but it was using mm-hmm. breaking as like it's kind of it's segue, right? Cause you know, cause I mean, if you think about it, if you just listen to the, the actual track, it's, it's a real like foot stomper four, four. It's not a, it's not a breaking track, right? You're not, you don't hear a hi hat. Yeah. You don't hear like a boom, bap, dap, a doom, bap kind of a thing. So it was kind of dope just to like see that. And, and that, that actually kind of brought me to like what I would explain to a lot of people about how some people got into breaking through, um, house clubs, because that was where they were seeing it. Because like a lot of uh, b-boys and b-girls were like, yo, jams are few and far between. So where we get loose is over at this house music night downtown or whatever. And that's where they started first like learning. Or they would go to a rave and they would see somebody busting like mills and headspins and tombstones and shit. And they would go like, okay, I got to learn this. So yeah, so that's mm-hmm. kind of dope that, that like you're, you're a product of, of that, uh, that environment that a lot of us kind of just, you know, it was just part of the, the territory back then. So 
man, that, uh, that VHS, man, uh, uh-huh. recording that and watching it yep. over and over. Yep, yep. So I was popping and breaking at the same time. It okay, was, yeah. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. And that video was still. Super, super dope. Uh, And you asked about the house, uh, how did I get into house? Yeah, so like what what was the transition? Because I I imagine you probably saw that and then started like linking up with um, people who were breaking. But then where where did you start to see house and start to actually like dabble in in that vocabulary? I would say through uh, traveling to Atlanta and uh, competing. Mm -hmm. um, and not too long after starting to compete in Atlanta, a good, good amount, um, I think I was, I think I was seventeen, maybe eighteen, mm-hmm. and I uh, went to a place called MJQ, where the guy snuck us in because he knew that we breaked. Mm-hmm. So he allowed me to go into this club that I was hearing about. It's like an underground club, um, and they were playing just beautiful music and i'm mm-hmm. like what is this sound mm-hmm. and then what is this guy doing is he breaking it kind of looks like breaking he's on the ground but he's so smooth with it mm-hmm. um there were like eight house dancers um just doing their thing yeah. and uh, i was like i want to do that too mm-hmm. well maybe i'll do my breaking stuff and maybe they will be like that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, which they weren't. <laughs> They're like, you know, that's not what we're doing here. Right. We got this, we got this energy, and you're uh, you're a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah did, MJQ Atlanta. That's where okay. the start the start was. Did Did you ever make it out to um, any of the uh, the b boy hoedowns in Texas? Unfortunately, not. Okay, I I, I watched some footage after it, and I was like. That that is that is exactly what I want. Yeah. But I had no idea that that was going on. Like, right. I wanted to though. Mm-hmm. They didn't really yeah. highlight the house stuff um, at the time when they started coming out with the B Boy Hoedown footage. Mm-hmm. Remember those trailers back mm-hmm. in like, well, gosh, like 2006 or something, right? Yeah, maybe earlier. Yeah. 2004, 2005. They didn't really highlight mm-hmm. any of the house stuff at the time. So I remember seeing well just recently coming up on footage of the house battles from b-boy hood i'm like holy shit yeah they had like some pretty good heavy hitters like yeah. yuxin and bapson cricket was um, out there yeah uh circle of fire was that we yep we oh, was there yeah. yeah yeah and angelo right yeah so mm. yeah yeah it's the wildest shit and yeah yeah, yeah i i, I think they need to come back out with something just to let people know right who's there or whatnot right um that footage is still still fire today like uh-huh. i mean it's still all all the stuff they're doing to the music what they're doing now I, I i feel like it's just just as good or yeah i mean i don't know that's house is timeless yeah <laughs> truly is yeah would you say you're your background in breaking helped you transition in a house fairly easily? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. What about with the groundwork? Not at though? all. What about with groundwork? Uh, the groundwork, um, so so I had this, uh, there's this cat named Soul out of Atlanta. He is my teacher 
but he doesn't know that he's my teacher okay. until I told him like years later. Uh-huh. Um, because he, I would go there every like two weeks or so to meet up with those cats, and I would do my thing, and he'd he'd look and like shine a light at him, <laughs> like shining a light at my feet, mm-hmm. and like he wants to see what I can do mm-hmm. standing. But when I touch that ground, and I guess the energy I bring when I touch the ground is is straight b-boy mm-hmm. he'd be like he'd just look and shake his head and walk away mm-hmm. <laughs> brutal <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brutal. Mm-hmm. but I would, I would keep going keep going for like like a year year and a half or so and mm-hmm. then you know finally getting the approval of soul and uh but it was a it was a long grueling process and it yeah. was just hard nationals so the only place we could get the house was to travel to mm-hmm. Atlanta. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was really difficult. Yeah. Uh, and it still is sometimes I feel, I feel like breaking, <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like breaking, uh, when I get really hyped to right. a house track, but, uh, mm. but uh, yeah. Well, I haven't been seeing that you've been doing a lot more breaking yeah. lately. Yeah. Your ground power has right. like definitely been, uh, coming back. I remember you were saying before that there was like, uh, there was like a, a point where, um, I, I don't know if it was just, if it was due to injuries, but you were kind of like laying off of everything for a while. And then you were mentioning, uh, back at, um, uh, blueprint, you were like, yeah, I'm, you know, training again and getting back into it and stuff. And then you started putting out footage and I was just like, yeah, no joke. I was like, Oh shit, you're getting all your stuff is coming back. So. Thank you. Thank you. I had a, it was knee surgery, I think, um, meniscus, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, sciatica issues. Ooh, yeah. I, I got that too. So I know. Oh, which cheek? Is it your left butt cheek or your right butt it cheek? It is my, <laughs> my left butt cheek, but then sometimes it would my left or my right side would overcompensate so hard that I would notice that right. there'd be like a transfer of pain that would go over to the right side because I was using that too much. So Same here, brother. Yeah. Same here. So I just like um uh just to kind of preface, like I I was like at a point where, um, especially cause I was working remote from home and you're sitting down all the time and you get, you know, like the, the, you know, the office posture and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was starting to like lose the feeling in my, my, uh, last two pinky toes, like my pinky toe and my, uh, my second, uh, toe in. And I was like, Oh man, this is not good. Cause I was afraid that it was going to get to wow. a point where I was going to get like paralysis or something. So I was, uh, everybody else was giving me all these like, you know, kooky ass advice you know some people are like oh yeah it's because of your your root chakra you need to become a vegan or you need to start you know shoving crystals up your ass or something and i'm like okay that's that's great and then i just decided to follow the Iceman, uh wim hof and i started doing the wim hof breathing like disciplined regiments of it like reps and mm. doing ice baths and i went from like not being able to walk at all um, like with, with extreme pain, like I couldn't even take my dog for a walk to all of a sudden, you know, mm. being on like five mile, um, hiking treks and then finally, you know, jogging and dancing and being able to stretch again and all that stuff. So, so yeah. So like I tell people, I'm like, yeah, ice is definitely nice. Like really it's, it's a, it's a shit place to go. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the last mm-hmm. place you ever think rationally that you want to go is to like ice your body head to toe. But I'm telling you, like, if you got sciatica, if you've got, um, arthritis, if you've got joint pain, any kind of inflammation, yeah, give it a go. Cause I mean, worst case scenario, you get into a tub full of ice water. You're like, wow, I can only sit in here for a couple seconds. And then you have to stand up and then cool, get back mm-hmm. in, do it like reps, like push ups. 
You know what I'm saying? So, so no, no longer than a minute, right? Well, you just, no, I, I'm, you dip a, it. I, I'm a, I'm a crazy bastard. So anything that I do, I start to find the comfort in the discomfort. So it started off with like barely being able to go like a minute without just like hurting. And then finally I was just like, all right, two minutes, four minutes. And now I'm like doing, you know, seven to 12 minute ice baths or I do cryotherapy. So like I'll stand in a, in a chamber that's basically like a meat locker and you got like Crocs Mm. on and like wool socks and mittens and uh, a face mask and, um, like earmuffs, but then you're just like in your shorts and, uh, like a small t-shirt and you sit there for like, it can be like 170 below and you'll be in there for anywhere from like three to four minutes. So, um, I just started doing that. And then I also balance it out with sauna. So, you know, you're kind of getting the, the best of both, you know, the, the cold shock proteins, but also the heat shock proteins because it creates like different stressor response in, in your body. And then your body starts to uh, spontaneously heal because it goes, Oh, we're in trouble right now. We're out in the Alaskan tundra. So it just starts to kick up like all this like anti-inflammatory, um, action from your, your, uh, your immune system. And it's also just good for like general health too. Cause like you get done and it like, it really felt horrible, but then you'll notice that your brain becomes like laser focused. You'll notice that other, uh, signs of things like depression and anxiety and stuff like that start to subside, like to the point where everything's like manageable. Whereas before, you know, people just go, well, God, I feel like garbage all the time. And they start doing like ice showers and they go, yeah, I don't feel nearly as gnarly as I used to. So yeah, I, I recommend it for a lot of people. It's not, it's not for everybody, but I always tell people, you know, fortune favors the bold. So, you know, if you can kind of conquer your inner bitch and, uh, ice that inner yeah. bitch into submission, then you're going to start to be able to have like a lot more control over <laughs> your and say over your health. So. Yeah, I'll give it a try, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be screaming, though. I hate the cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, especially living down in Tennessee. I mean, you know, you guys get like a quarter inch of sleet and the whole like planet the, just shuts down. Yep, it just explodes. And, right. Like, and <laughs> yeah, so. Nobody can do anything for like a week. And mm-hmm. All the food's gone. Right. It's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it's three degrees over here right now. Yeah. like 30 like, degrees? Three, three degrees. Wait, 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 just like a single, single digit, three, single digit, three degrees, but it's not that bad. How do you have all your fingers and toes? Like this is, <laughs> this is too much, man. I, I, I couldn't do it. Is it snowing there? No. Oh, it snowed, it snowed yesterday. Yeah. Um, I kind of tell everyone, you know, it's, it's a stupid, silly, lame joke, but I always tell everyone that I have Norwegian blood ever since I've gained it ever since I moved here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have Viking gotcha. blood now because yeah. you know I'm from the Bay. Yeah, but ever since I moved there, like all that shit, yeah. Now it's a piece of cake. I honestly, I'd rather prefer below freezing temperatures over snow any day. Because right. when it snows, then that means it's going to mm-hmm. be about twenty to thirty degrees. Mm-hmm. But when it's below, you know, you know, there's no snow, not a lick of snow in sight, which means it's easier to drive on the road. It's just a matter of is your car good to go right in this freezing condition? Mm. So yeah, I, today I'm, I'm good. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> Three degrees. You're good. That's what's up, man. Y'all, y'all strong. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. We're up, we're up there. We're up, we're up there with like the, uh, uh, like people always talk about like the people from like the Northern regions and, uh, people from like Eastern, uh, like Northeastern Europe 
and stuff like that. Like mm. uh, the Russians and people like that are just tough people. And it's because like, yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, most of the time we're, you know, waist deep in snow. So, you know, when, when we train and also like when we have the chance to utilize good weather, we definitely take a thousand percent advantage of it. You know, we're like, Hey man, yeah. it's, it's 95 degrees outside. Fuck it. I'm going for a run because I know when it's, you know, 20 below and you know, you just have to bundle up just to go out and grab your mail out of the mailbox. So yeah, we, we definitely uh do not take that for granted out here i'm not gonna lie i used to you know because when i first moved i've never experienced humidity mm-hmm. and i fucking hated it but i think as i get older like i start to enjoy it more and more and uh i remember you know when i, when I was a pharmacy tech a lot a lot of my patients that would would come in and i'm like oh my god it's scorching out there and they're like you know what i'll take humidity any day it's nice it's warm keeps muscles relaxed mm-hmm. the whole nine and when I started taking that at, taking that in, I was like, you know what? That's a that's a good point. So yeah. now when we have ninety five degree, ninety five degree weather, I'll take it in. I'm like fuck it, let's do it. Yep. So <laughs> he was like, he's still like three degrees, huh? Yeah, <laughs> he's still like ice baths. Man, not for me. No, I don't know. Might come visit. And, uh, when's it get warm? Like like. Uh, spring warm for uh, for me, <laughs> warm <laughs> probably uh, um, July August. I mean that that's that's hot. Like warm, maybe like April into May is where we start getting to like the high sixties, low seventies, and it's like really nice out and decent and everything. Well, that's warm for up. us, yeah. You know, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> like sometimes. Do you have a- Oh, no, no, sorry. go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go, go. I was wondering if y'all had like festivals in the summertime, like uh, where they playing like house music outside or you know, like a big house mm-hmm. event. Not really festivals. Um, we have like there's like little parties that people throw. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. an event called House Proud. It happens every first Friday of the month, and they used to do something uh, they call a House Proud barbecue. So it'd be like an outdoor event. Um, it'd be pretty chill. You mm-hmm. know, but still people get down and stuff and it's always a good time. You know, I was supposed to mm-hmm. spin the one in 2021 or mm-hmm. 2020, but, you know, pandemic kicked in. So yeah. nobody wanted to host any, any of that stuff. Yeah. And they usually hold it at a venue that has like an outdoor patio. Right. So. Plus the uh, uprisings I've, were still I've going there, on. I think. I've been there that, that a long time ago, mm-hmm. probably like eight. Seven years ago, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. Who was DJing? Who was DJing? Do you remember, who you, do you remember who you went with? No. <laughs> it was so long ago. It was it was the same time of when we uh, visit myself and Dar mm-hmm. visited you guys. and But that's all I can remember. And okay. I just know you guys were there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. weird, dude. Dang. Because I don't remember. I mean, obviously, I remember you being here a few times, but I don't remember ever like getting down with you on the house tip at a like at a club or lounge. Hi. Why were we, man? Because we it's the same time we played Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> oh, so that was you know that happened before House Proud. House Proud just started kicking in like maybe a year or two after that because. Mm-hmm. Ty, you remember Ty, right? Tiberius. Yes. So Ty used Tiberius. to, yeah, he used to uh, spin like a night, 
I think it was like a Monday or sometimes it'd be a Thursday, but he, he would spend, mm-hmm. you know, one of these nights and then he would, he would throw down house. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is I would for sure remember if you were, you know, a time where you, if you were in town and we were getting down house, I would for sure remember that. Yeah. So maybe mm. that might've been, um, you might've come out in the, like the last, the last year or so when, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Pham's wondrous Asia was still open in downtown it used to be a place called uh, the Caterpillar Lounge, and um, Asia was like the restaurant, and that was like kind of, kind of like a little bit further north of, or not, not north. I'm sorry, uh, further south of uh, downtown. And then um, after they changed locations, they were like right in the heart of downtown. So that might have been a time that like, because mm-hmm. um, I, I imagine you were probably rolling with Jake with Boogie. So um, you guys might have come out at that point when Ty was spinning because he had his residency out there. Um, yeah, it was like he was spending mm-hmm. out there a lot, actually. Gotcha. There was a lot of breaking going on, but there mm-hmm. I remember seeing house some cat house dancing mm-hmm. and there was a little bit of house dancing, but yeah, you know, hmm. I don't know. I have the worst memories. <laughs> jump on my head as a move yeah. for dance. That was dumb. <laughs> oh, no worries. I've done a lot of dumb shit with breaking as well. So there's one that Miho from Modi will never, ever fucking drop. And I used to do this stupid ass move called knee hammers. And I would basically hop on my fucking knee and, and like oh. in circles. So I'd be like, I do a knee spin and I fucking hop on my knee. So now I know for a fact that maybe in the next five years or so, I'm going to have to get knee surgery, my knee, my right knee reconstructed. Because it's definitely... I'm sorry, dude. No, it's, you know, it's stupid decisions that you make as a young kid, as a mm-hmm. young as a young dancer, you know? Like, we started at the same time. I started in 2001 as well. And it's just mm. dumb shit that yep. you don't think twice about. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm luckily I could still... Luckily I could dance and do all this stuff, but I just know. You know, I know that there's something coming for it. Like, I, I, it's as I get older, it gets sore every time now. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Everybody keeps recommending to me that knees over to- toes guy. Yeah. Um, yep. but, um, you know, I don't know personally, like, mm-hmm. or I haven't seen anybody who's actually like went through the process of having a surgery mm-hmm. and then coming back after meeting this guy and being like, I'm completely cured and stronger mm-hmm. than ever. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys like have started the process or know somebody or I, I do a lot you know. of, um, for like knee maintenance to kind of bulletproof my knees. I, I use some of the same principles. Um, one of them is a lot of times people like to do just like straight up squats where, you know, it's like ass to the grass type of squats, but, what I learned was the value, especially for like rock dancing and then also for breaking, is doing squats where you're on the balls of your feet. Uh, they I, they call them Hindu squats. And so like mm-hmm. as you get lower to the floor, rather than having your heel be in contact, your your heels are not touching the ground at all. And you'll um, you'll let your uh, your knees go out in front of you. And you almost kind of lean back like you're about getting ready to do a six step, right? Like you're almost in that in that base position for a six step, and you'll do squats that way. And basically, um, that focuses on the quadricep, and it really helps to like uh, build and develop the uh, um, the the foundation around the knees, because you're getting to a place where 
like a, a regular a conventional squat, especially when you like load weight, um, it's it's great for like you know overall leg strength, but it's also kind of a non natural position because like in life, you know, how often are you going to be sitting there with weight on the top of your shoulders pushing you down towards the earth like that, you know? But in combat, in dance, in everyday life, you know, most of the time we're we're in that position anyway. You know, you go down to pick up something off the ground, you're not going to like stop and plant your heels into the ground and like squat down uh, like that. You're going to kind of be on the balls of your feet anyway. So um, True that, that um, backwards running is also very important. Um, so I, I always recommend uh, people follow like the knees over toe guy, but also uh, Muhammad Ali used to run um, miles backwards. And that was one of the reasons why he had such beautiful um, retreat, you know, his stick and move that he could do where mm. he basically would circle around you backwards and just keep firing that jab and just, you know, chipping away mm. at you until you got so frustrated you'd make a mistake and then he would just go ahead and take you to the to the body and, you know, put you out. Um, so things like that. And then, of course, um, my jujitsu background, um, I learned a lot about the, the value of um, doing um, like bridge squats or not bridge squats, but um, they're, they're kind of like neck bridges, except rather than pressing your head against the ground, it's just your upper shoulder blades are in contact with the ground and you drive with your heels down like uh, kind of like you're about ready to like do um, like you're about to like roll over and go into like a baby or a chair right but you don't do the rotation you just press with your heels down against the ground and make um make a bridge with your your back and you don't have to necessarily like dip your head back or anything because neck bridges can be dangerous um so i do those all the time as well and that really helps with like the uh the whole posterior chain um as far as like your uh, your lower back your um your hamstrings your glutes and things like that and sadly breaking it's like you get a lot of really good things out of breaking, but at the same time, most of the time people don't do any of like the real conditioning for it. So it's like, you just kind of wear down the the gears until pretty soon, you know, you're just basically full of like, you know, fragmented parts in your, your knees and your hips. So, um, True that. so I think that like all of those, those elements are really important as we get older, you know, learning how to bulletproof your knees, ice baths, saunas, um, you know, the right kinds of conditioning. And then that way you can continue to dance well into, you know, your, your fifties or even your sixties because of the fact that you're not trying to just, you know, kind of bite down on your mouth guard and swing for the fences and hope that, you know, you can still land that one move. It's like, you go, Oh no, I don't got the cartilage for that anymore. So I'm gonna become a better dancer, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. True that. And you train a few guys. You got all the knowledge. Shit, bro. No, <laughs> what we need to do is we all need to like go on a. Uh, we need to go on a uh, an, an old man's trip out to Costa Rica and get some of them stem cell injections. You know, for like dirt cheap, but like good quality. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Be ziplining through the the jungles of Costa Rica. Have a have, a, have an That's ayahuasca journey. <laughs> all that shit. <laughs> You're like, yo, man, my knees are better, and plus, I saw the devil. It's all good. <laughs> I've heard some stories about that stuff. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, um, you know, fifty-fifty. Some are good. Mm-hmm. Some are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because people don't want to do that real shadow work. You know, they go through their entire life avoiding. Um, like, this is actually kind of a good point of uh, relevant discussion because I just had this conversation with Rob Nasty um, earlier today. There's a principle 
in uh, the Japanese Bushido, um, where it's it's about having um, like like extreme sincerity, being like incredibly honest, and incredibly honest is something that a lot of people aren't comfortable with because it means that they have to like really check themselves and like look at themselves. And most of the time people are not ready for that hip hop, especially it's always about put your best cards forward and try to protect all your vulnerabilities and show everybody that you're just this hard rock (laughs) and you're this badass and this and this, as opposed to going like, you know what I need to do is I need to eliminate my vulnerabilities by confronting them, you know, really getting into like, okay, why do I do this? Why do I do that? Why do I avoid the truth? Why do I try to run from myself? You know, like the Teddy Pendergrass song, you know, you can't hide from yourself, right? You, <laughs> you hear that song and I'm like, bro, that song right there is Shadow Work 101. You know, you got to go deep, deep into your inner psyche and like learn what makes you tick and then go, wow, I've actually been like part of the problem because I've been trying so hard to present to everybody else that I'm like, you know, the baddest guy on the block when I'm actually, you know, the most terrified. That's why I go out and have to strike first, strike hard, you know, like Cobra Kai and shit is because I don't (laughs) want anybody to know that I'm hurting and I'm suffering and I've gone through, you know, uh, trials and tribulations, but that's the, that's the beauty of it. Once you actually have that, you kind of use the, uh, the sword of truth to cut through all the bullshit. Then you cut through your bullshit. Now you can cut through other people's bullshit. Until pretty soon people can't help but, like, they step to you, and as soon as they step to you, they go, yo, I don't even want to fucking talk to you because you are just, like, a, a reflection of, like, everything that I choose to not do in my life. So, yeah, I don't even want to fucking, I, I don't want that smoke, you know what I'm saying? And, and we've all seen those dancers, too, right? Like, where you step to them, and you kind of almost don't have anything to say because there's no small talk, there's no chit-chat, only direct, you know, questions and answers you know like yo how do i get better at this dance as opposed to hey so how's the weather and you know so this and that and the person just goes cut through the shit what do you want and you're like i want to learn how to do better footwork they go okay cool i'll show you and then you work on it you know (laughs) that's my kind of that's my kind of deal that's awesome yeah yeah so but sometimes you know you really have to feel the person out i remember this one time my lee gave me a call you know and and we're friends. This is when I realized, like, oh, my God, we're actually really, like, friends. Um, she gave me a call out of the blue, and it was during one of the House of Dance anniversaries. So I'm like, hey. She's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, good. How are you? You know, I'm, like, getting ready to go down to business. Like, okay, what do, what do you want What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you going to come out here? Do you want me to book a workshop for you? What, what do you need? Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I'm thinking in my head. So... She's like, oh, you know, yeah, I just want to see how everything's going and stuff like that. What have you been up to? I'm like, well, you know, I'm at an event right now. Um, but, yeah, what's up? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. And I went into, like, sales mode. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I just want to call to see how you're doing. I was thinking about you. I just want to call and see how everything's going. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, oops. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, you know, uh, well, I'm at this event. Um, can I call you back? <laughs> and we can definitely, like, just <laughs> chat it up and catch up and everything like that. So, so I think sometimes you just got to really feel him out and be like, yeah. all right, this person just wants to talk right, and wants to just see how things are going because they genuinely care, mm-hmm. which is always nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, so. it's also being perceptive enough to know when someone is trying to probe because they want something else. Right. Right. Like, a, I, I was, I always equated to like, you know how like little kids would do that shit where 
they're afraid to, to just like ask mom for five dollars so they come in and like hey mom how you doing how's things how's work and she's like okay i'm watching my stories right now what's what's up you know i made a song you want to hear my song i made a song you know and it's just like what the fuck do you want it's like i was one okay don't 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 get mad I know you told me not to ask you for $5 last time, and you said that was the last time, but my friend, it was going to be going to, and it's just like, do you want $5? Yes, mom. It's like, okay, go in my purse, grab $5. Only grab $5, otherwise I'm going to bust that ass, and you're like, okay. you know. But it's like sometimes the, the best way is just to be direct with people, and it doesn't mean you have to be abrasive or be rude. You know, you, you still can have courtesy and tact with it, but like um, as human beings... I think a lot of times people like to candy coat and like, um, you know, kind of like very, very like tiptoe around on some shit rather than just being like, and, and again, being vulnerable within yourself, right? Like if I got a problem and I want somebody to, uh, to talk to, I'm not going to call Ozzy and be like, Hey, what's up, Ozzy? How you doing? Okay. I'm just going to talk around the subject. I'm gonna be like, yo man, I'm fucking hurting right now. I need someone to talk to. And Ozzy's like, hey, man, um, I'm right in the middle of, like, a business meeting. Um, can I call you back in an hour? Are you going to be good until then? And I'm like, bet, you know, and it's like, great. Then you can do that. But sometimes people also don't do that. And that's why we run into the problems that we see, you know, later on when people do, like, self-harm is because maybe they did try to reach out, but they weren't clear enough to their friends or their family or the people they care for. They kind of say, like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, uh, nothing, man. I'm right in the middle of a change in tire. The person goes, okay, cool. And then you don't hear from them for six months, and they go way down the, the wrong path and shit. It's just a matter of being so, genuine, that's all. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Other than that, in terms of dance, what have you been doing most lately? I, I always see breaking, but have you been getting down the house tip lately? Like, what, what's, what's good? Uh, so, it's, well, in terms of dance, um, I, I break probably like three to four days out of the week. Okay. Um. It's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday at Construct. Um, that's uh, Miriam's. Uh, Miriam owns that location. Mm-hmm. She's the sole owner of a a breaking space mm-hmm. in Nashville in Country Music City. Does, so she, crazy. does she own the yeah. building or, or just or the business or both? She owns the building. Okay. The building. Oh, that's owns, awesome. So she's yeah. a landlord. That's so, what's up, man. Yeah. The fucking whole, boss moves right there. Yeah. You do whatever the fuck uh, you want. Man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, breaking and uh, house I do on the Sunday with her house class where I help assist. Okay. And then um, it's really hard to personally practice for oneself mm-hmm. um, because I I really need that club. Mm-hmm. I really, I need that, that music, that spontaneousness of the DJ um from Atlanta, mm-hmm. like Atlanta's music, I really enjoy Atlanta's yeah. Uh, music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're killing it. Um, but yeah, so house, I, r- I rarely ever train. I, I can't really like just work on the move. I just doesn't feel. I don't know. I don't have that that, that feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but when the music's playing, I do get down, but not as much as the breaking tip. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I do capoeira now, a little bit of it. Okay, dope, dope. Probably helps a lot too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. Um, you're you're right about that too. Um, there's a feeling with house where it's um, breaking. You can train, right? 
house is a little bit more abstract, so it's difficult to, I mean, you can do it, and believe me, you know, Ozzy's put me on the anvil and fucking, you know, hammered me out, you know, for, you know, saying like, okay, you want to work on this? All right, you're going to do this footwork drill forward and back the entire length of the studio and then mm-hmm. come back and do this and do that. But like, there is a, there is a, a definite like uh, feeling about how like you can just get into a cipher and just let go. Whereas like with breaking, it's kind of like you've got like runs and patterns and sets and techniques you can work on and drill and stuff. But with house, it's a little bit more like you got to kind of just feel that, that joy, you know, that you get from the music, the sensory deprivation, because the lights are not, you know, perfectly like on, it's like, everything's like flickering and, uh, strobes and, you know, black lights and beam splitters and all this other kind of stuff. And the fact that like, you can barely see your hand in front of your face and then you start dancing and then you kind of just only see like images of you like at any given time. So I think that, yeah, it really is. It's a lot more like you're dancing blindfolded, but that's really where the purity and the truth is too, you know? So yeah, you got to kind of put yourself almost in that frame of mind or even maybe like, um, when you're, when you're trying to do house, maybe you just, you know, get to a point where like you just turn off all the lights in the uh, studio and have like a couple of, uh, club lights in there and just crank the music up. So you can't hear yourself talk and just go and just, see what you can come up with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's, you know, house is my favorite. It's, uh, I like, I like house. I, I, I well, how, how to put this up. I like to do house more than I do like the break, mm-hmm. but I don't have the opportunities to really like get that feeling. Yeah. Which that, that, that feeling is so rare. That's mm-hmm. why I'm like, when it's there, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's like recharge battery for mm-hmm. the next six months. Yeah. But I get it once every, I get it like once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. That, that that height, that epitome of this is happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaking gives me that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, houses. Yeah, majority of the time. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. Um, I think it comes down to what's uh, well, what the territory is like in the city you're in. Like over there, mm. over there, like it, like you said it yourself, it's kind of hard to kind of pick up that inspiration or to pick up that feeling because you don't really have too many resources out there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. For me, like I, like I can kind of feel what you're saying because here in Minnesota, there aren't the resource for house dancers is you're, you're looking at it mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. It's just me and turnstile when right. it comes down to, you know, who's teaching, who's teaching it um, as you know, more than anyone here. There's a lot of people here in Minnesota that can do it. Uh, but it's not necessarily like, um, I don't know. It's not like you're in New York, uh, DC in some cases when there isn't blueprint, you know, Houston Mm -hmm. and the Bay area, it's not like that, you know? So even if we do have a lot of, or a fair decent amount of house music events, it's still hard to catch the, the vibe to want to dance because, you know, then it becomes to, then it comes to a point where you're everyone's entertainment. Yeah. And you're no longer dancing for yourself. You're dancing for everyone in the room because it just so happens that you're the ones, you're the only person there that knows, you know, the basic fundamentals mm-hmm. of what goes to this dance, what goes well with this dance. Right. So it's, it's tough. I get it, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we, we stand out. I mean, go to uh, well, if, if someone's like playing like an hour set of house, and then there's like a le- other electronic DJs mm-hmm. playing like whatever they do, dubstep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're housing, and you're like. You got this baby powder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you're making this circle and everybody's like, what right. is going on? Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. We're out in New Year's, myself and Miriam, and everybody was looking at us like we got eight heads. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're like just trying to vibe out, you know, have a good time. Yeah. Farthest away from the uh, DJs doing their thing. And in the back by like the coat checker to make sure we got enough room to do what we need to yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. Right. Uh, the bros from uh, VIP area come down and they're like trying to act like they're not filming us, but filming us right. and putting their face, like holding the camera and looking right. like this. And they're like, we're on TikTok or Instagram somewhere where someone's asking like, what are these guys doing? Or, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, man. Um, and it's always good to have that. I mean, like if I was around you guys, uh, all I need is like a handful, mm-hmm. like four of us that know what's up. Mm-hmm. We're on that same vibe, the same energy, and uh, let's go. Let's have a good time. Yeah, uh, that's me too. Totally, totally yeah. get it, man. Yeah, and and plus, like you know, the the game is only going to be as fun as the players that are involved, right? Um, True. You know, because it it kind of sucks when you're the only person who is doing like a specific style. And other people maybe are like, and that's that's like, and it's not to like cut down on the Minnesota scene. We have a lot of house heads that are out here, but not too many house mm. dancers. It's like very very slim pickings for people who truly mm. love to dance house. Um, there's a lot of people that'll come out to support DJs and they'll go to every single show and they're always there, but they're always standing there with their PBR and their phone and they're watching the DJ. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, I've seen you for 10 years. Please, for the love of fucking God, just dance. I just, I just <laughs> you know, I mean, that that's that's the, that's almost like, uh, to me, it's almost like you're doing the DJ a real big disservice. Because a lot of DJs are like, yo, don't look at me. You know, look at each yeah. other. Dance, you know. It's and crazy. It's like, you know, and, it, and what you're doing is you're simply coming out there to agree with the DJ's selection. Like, yes, yes, you're you're playing good music. It's like, yeah, I know, motherfucker, but is this going to move you? And, um, it was like one, one thing that I really appreciated was, uh, your, um, you gave me a compliment when, uh, we went out to blueprint and this was still at a point where I was like, really like pushing myself to learn the, the craft of house. And mm. I've been to a few other house things before that, where I was just not making any headway, barely got a toehold, you know, either didn't even make it past prelims or it was just kind of like, all right, good job. You know, turnstile the locker is fucking with house now, whatever, you know, and they would like shove me off into the back, uh, the, the, the back, uh, shelf. But you were like, you were like, yo styles. I didn't know you had it like that. And I was just like, word. And you're like, yeah, I've been fucking sitting here selling merch and I was just watching you get down and you're just dancing from the, from the heart. And I'm really inspired. And I, I was like, shit, man. I, I thought I offended it. you. No. <laughs> no. You were like, what? <laughs> I, was, I was like, because for me, um, the thing was always that I always knew that I was always, I was always uh, known in, especially in the Twin Cities scene as a locker. And that you kind of get typecast as that, right? Like, you know, you're like Steve Carell, right? Like, 
everything you do has got to be a funny comedy thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, he goes, he does his first drama and everyone goes, damn, he's got acting chops. He's got the ability to really like express range. And that's all that I ever wanted mm. people to see because aside from going to the B-Boy Jam, um, nobody was really like, none of those dancers were coming with us to club. So they didn't see that whole other side of me. They didn't realize there's a Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, persona mm. with me. They only assumed that I was either a locker or kind of a fail breaker. Right. And they were just like, oh, yeah, that's that's turnstile, whatever. And I don't even know why he's got a fucking name. He doesn't do anything. Um, but there was a whole nother animal that existed. And you only knew that if you were like 21 plus and you were able to get into the same clubs that we were all going to and all the after parties, you know, especially like after the jam, we would always be like stepchild would be hosting everybody. So we were like taking all these like judges out to dance with us over at Asia or ever at first Avenue or over at house proud or this place or that place. And then they were kind of seeing other sides and going like, damn, yeah, there's all these like, you know, 15 year old kids that got rockets up their asses at the jam. But y'all are like, you're, you're like, it was like, we're like the surfers from point break, right? We're the ex presidents. We're like our, our, our own <laughs> tribe within the tribe. And you go, yo, those motherfuckers are out there in the middle of the ocean. And they're all like, praying to the ocean right now we don't we do not dare paddle out with them motherfuckers when they're on their shit and that was kind of how i always felt and i and i felt like it like a lot not too many people understood until you know like you voiced recognition um jardy you know he uh he he also uh voiced recognition even people that didn't house dance per se but they're real like well-respected dancers would chime in and be like dude styles like you're you're getting better and also like i really like that you when you dance you dance with like sincerity in your movements like you never just like throw a move out there because you don't believe in it it's like anything that you say or do it's like you're doing it with purpose so um so yeah so i think that that's that's really where it's like it's difficult it's difficult to house dance even like by yourself and train if you don't have something to say or you're not doing it with like purpose so it has to be in the right environment in order for it to be expressive and yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like if, if you ever come up to Minnesota, bro, we we got you. We'll fucking if, if there's nothing, we'll make something just so that way we can all have the avenue in order for us to get down. That'd so. be dope, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're probably. I need, gonna to, be, I need to go visit. Yeah, you, sh- you should. You mm-hmm. should, man. We're yeah. probably going to be opening I'm up. Visit, a, visit you guys. Probably going to be opening up a second session soon. Mm-hmm. I taught a class. Yeah, I taught a workshop yesterday, and one of the mm-hmm. um, teachers at the studio was asking me if. If if it'd be, she's like trying to get my approval, like, would you be okay if I opened up another house session because this studio really needs it? I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah, <laughs> just go do it. Right. I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not a gatekeeper here. Right. Like uh, everyone thinks, everyone puts me on this deal that I'm a get fucking gatekeeper. I'm like, no, <laughs> far from it. Right. And, and like honestly, I'm trying to get away from it. Right. <laughs> like I'm trying right. to, I'm trying to spend more time on the fucking golf course. Shit. <laughs> But um, but now um, you know. So we're probably gonna have another session going on um during the week, which will be which will be good. Mm-hmm. So and it'll it'll cover technically cover Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah. So mm. yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Are are you, are you teaching both of these or? No, no, they're just sessions, man. Yeah, they're just sessions. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, actually trying perfect. not to teach anymore. Like I'm kind of tired. <laughs> burnt out from it honestly right. like if i teach i'd rather have it be like a private lesson mm-hmm. or yeah just a private lesson or a special workshop i'm i like uh 
I'm starting, like, I don't really want to be, um, like a resident instructor at any studio anymore. I'm kind of over it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah, man. Yeah. That, that sounds dope, man. Uh, I'm going to let, let Miriam know we, we should be coming out there. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Absolutely. Right. dude. Yeah, and, just, and also my, um, Sorry to interrupt. Awesome. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, my uh, my Sifu, he lives down there in Tennessee. So I've been planning mm-hmm. on trying to go down there to visit him at some point. So if I'm down in that area, um, you know, I, I'd love to come down there and, like, kick it with y'all. Um, you know, I can I can bring some uh, some music I could spin at a session if you want to just yeah. do, like, pure house and just have it be, like, a live mix for, like, two or three hours or whatever. I'll, I'll come down there and I'll, I'll mix. Or, you know, if you happen to know anybody that wants to, like, put me up for a gig. You know, and, and get something set up. I'll I'll definitely be uh, happy to come down there and do that too. Shit, man, we'll, we'll pick you up. We'll give you a place to stay. We'll shit. You know, any, anything you need, you ever come in town? We'll make it as simple as possible for you. There you go. Um, yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll make it happen. And what? then about the DJing for sure, we yeah. can make some happen. What's the current state of Bashville right now? Current state of Bashville is uh, we are in talks with certain sponsors. Um, trying to figure out like what are we going to do like when we're going to when we're going to really start pushing to make this happen um mm-hmm. omicron i mean i'm not, I'm not allowed to say it yeah <laughs> um, i mean whatever well, if they block the, it they the block virus it. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's um it's difficult but i am definitely in talks of trying to lock certain things down okay to make it happen it's been far too long. Um, yeah, it's time. It's time to mm-hmm. time to make it happen. Have you ever done a house quarter, ca- quarter category in Bashville? Um, I want to, um, but there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Like uh, because we got the the B boy, the mm-hmm. like the two on two or the three on three, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and the um, all styles. And I'm forgetting. There's always like a side something. Someone did a a Baylor. Uh, yeah, Baylor did a, a popping battle. Okay. And there were youth battles. This is all in one day too. Yeah. It's Holy not a two-day event. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so it's like two rooms, and it's like there's side by by side, and trying to make sure that everybody can see everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to, but I, I need someone to run it <laughs> you know right, um, right. where it works out with every, everything else as well where you can still see most of the battles word you know one's battling the other one is uh ciphering having a good time and then it's just going in a circle where if you're just a spectator and you want to see everything you can still do it mm-hmm. but it's difficult extremely difficult man you've been throwing events for quite some time and you know there's a lot of new jacks that are starting to throw their own events um, mm. I think we have a few that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So what's a piece of advice that you can give a lot of these new heads that are starting to throw their own events and the whole nine? Um, go to other events and learn from their mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if something bothered you at an event, you know, it's your turn to correct it right now. You can, you can turn everything upside down. Yeah. Um, you also, if you're looking to make money off of these events, then it's not a good thing. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, you shouldn't even throw an event at all if you're looking to make. I mean, like if you break even, that's that's beautiful. Right. You know, that's awesome. Right. But um, losing a thousand dollars, it's a good day. Yeah, right. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The time that you put into it, mm-hmm. the money, the uh, everything that goes on in the background, you you uh, you're, you're going to lose ninety nine point whatever percent of the time. Uh, um, yeah, but if it's your calling, you know, if this is your thing, then you're good at it. You just keep doing it, keep growing. It'll get better and better. Mm-hmm. It gets um, easier and easier, right? Or it gets more. Yeah. It's as simple. It's simple every every time you do it. I tell a lot of heads um, if you're exactly what you just said, word for word. If you're trying to make money throwing events, you shouldn't throw an event because the event, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, it's called a jam, and the jam is for the community. It's mm-hmm. not for you. Right. Um, at best, you will break. You might break even, but expect to lose a few hundred to maybe a few thousand dollars few thousand oh yeah uh even you know i've the only type of events that i've done were just workshops and i still i lose money off of those because of how much because mm-hmm. i pay the instructor their rate that they asked for their desired rate and then i charge whatever the fuck i want which is typically under you know market quote-unquote market at the door because i do it for the community i want people to learn from from people that inspire me so mm-hmm. i make it feasible as feasible as i can and then, you know, you pay the studio, so you pay the venue, the whole nine, and you make sure that whoever you bring in is well taken care of. So it's like you are not yeah. making money, my friend. You are spending money. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You got to have a hard chin because mm-hmm. you're going to get knocked out a few times. Yeah. Yeah. True that. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable things. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like. Wait, what? You missed your flight. Right. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another. Oh, oh my God. I've, I've never experienced that, but when I hear the horror stories, it, might, it makes me think of my, like, how the fuck do you even get up in the morning and brush your teeth? Or do you get up in the morning and brush your teeth? Right. Because how the hell did you miss your flight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, give me a good, solid yeah. reason, please. Yeah. You know? Screw that. I think, one, I, think I made a big mistake. Uh, I thought that uh, DJ came with... Uh, you know the the CDJs or whatnot, mm-hmm. the oh. whole setup, mm-hmm. oh. and uh, DJ shows up, got a USB. Yeah, <laughs> like, yep. like <laughs> yo, where, where's the rest of your stuff, man? <laughs> like, it's like you didn't say anything. I was like, oh man, that's that's all me. So yeah. we had to go run and go to Guitar Center and rent one of these bad boys real quick, uh-huh. and we're, we're we're already late. Yeah, uh, but. That's just like one out of a thousand issues right. that, yeah, we, we learn with each one. We get better and better. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think, too, that it's like getting into the mindset of um, preparing to kind of like, you know, cut your losses, like almost eliminate all your expectations, like right from the from the jump then it makes it a lot easier where these are not sacrifices. These are opportunities because it's just mm-hmm. going to give you a chance to um, learn how to throw a jam, how to 
understand booking, how to understand organization, keeping things on time, getting people in and out of the uh, the venue at the appropriate times, not going over, and all that kind of good stuff. And then those things like help to transfer into skills that you're going to have that you can apply to other aspects of your life too. You know, there's a lot of people that have gone on to become very good like entrepreneurs simply because they learned how to throw jams when they were like in their in their early 20s and stuff and they say wow damn mm-hmm. that, that really actually that, that taught me a whole bunch of shit now they turn around and they professional like event coordinator doing like corporate gala events and stuff and it's just like oh where'd you get your start oh, i was just get a bunch of sweaty b-boys to come into one place and spin on their heads and then get them the fuck out before we get charged extra you know and it's like True that. and then, then they turn around and they go you guys are a fucking dream because y'all came in here on time professional you're like exchanging cards, doing this, that, and the other when it's like, all right, it's time to go. Everyone gets out and you're like, awesome. You know, with us, we're, you know, we're kind of herding cats at any given time, you know? So it's, it's, it's a good oh, yeah. thing because we go through like something that difficult, then it just means that anything else that we have to encounter is going to be easy in comparison, you know? So or at least you'll have perspective. Yeah. Us. Yeah. So what's, um, what's your favorite event that you've been to here in the States? Favorite event? Uh, hmm. Well, it's a. Uh, there was a, a loose brews not too long ago mm-hmm. where there is so many of them mm-hmm. that um, this was kind of like a reunion. It was mm-hmm. a long time that they've thrown a loose brews, and I think the last one I went to was seeing like a good fourteen to fifteen years of seeing the same people mm-hmm. and where they're at now and mm-hmm. it's like like six years or seven years plus from the last time I saw them it's like mm-hmm. all the people came back to support this random loose screws and um, that was a, a touching uh, like just like awesome to see them with their kids mm-hmm. now and then their families and right, right. they're still together, still growing and the ones who can still break and the ones who can't break in their stories. It's like, I, yeah. you know, like my, my back is killing me. I, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, hearing all the stories, it was, I think that that was one of my favorites. It's yeah. like, regardless, you know, those people are still there to support the community. Yeah. Which is a beautiful yeah. thing. It's so beautiful. Oh, is this for just breaking or a house? Oh, both. 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 Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing loose screws um, was for breaking. Yeah, yeah. And that's, then uh, that's in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah. that's in Atlanta, and it, it, it happens rare now. But it used to be like every year, sometimes twice a year. Mm-hmm. They, they've been through a lot of them. Wow. Um, there are also um, house in the park, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a diamond in a rough. It happens once a year. And there's like 3,000 house heads, maybe 4,000 that go into a park in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And they dance. I don't, they're 63, 80 years old. Uh, they are dancing like it's the last day on earth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The sun is beating down on them. Mm-hmm. They are still going. Everybody's grooving. Yeah. It's life changing. Right. Wow. Uh, one of our, uh, one of the dancers here in Minnesota, she moved to Atlanta. Um, I don't know if you mm. have you ever heard of Altawam? Altawam, uh, they're twins. They're they're like in a lot of music videos with you know Brother Ali from Rhyme Sayers, and um, they were like on that actual. They were actually on that TV show, The uh, World of Dance, with Jennifer Lopez. They were on there. Mm. Well, let me rephrase that. They were supposed to get 
um, featured on there. I mean, they were in the show. They got paid, but they didn't because they wouldn't do certain things because, you know, they're Muslims. Mm-hmm. They're they're both Muslim, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't say certain things that would cause controversy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but uh, anyways, one of them moved over there, and she was asking me about House in the Park, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I've never been to the event. Um, this is actually my first time hearing about it, but I'm sure it's good. You know, if it's in the park, can't go wrong with that. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Those twins, do they have long hair and they're choreographers? You can't really see there because they're wearing a job. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, mm. they hide it very well or they keep it, you know, closed very well. Um, but, you know, they, what was it the last jam that I know of them being at was at Ladies of Hip Hop in New York. And one of them made it in, um, it might have been the top 16 in the one on one house. So, mm. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She battled Toyin, I think. Mm-hmm. It might have been Khadija. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Khadija battled Toyin, which was. <laughs> 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 I'm like, well, well, that's nice for your very fr- That was our first house battle, too. I was like, well, that's nice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I posted a video of her on my Instagram because she's like, hands down, one of my favorite dancers from yeah. Minnesota. So I was like, I just want mm. to give this girl some shine. Like, mm-hmm. she's so fucking amazing. She's so good. So I posted a video over oh. on my Instagram if you ever look through. And, yeah, I'm, like, jocking her. She's amazing. Yeah. On your story or your personal? On my like, personal. Uh, on, like my, your... on my feed. Yeah. On my gotcha. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to yeah. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. She's For awesome. Sure. So, yeah. Who, whose house are we in right now? Stepchild's. Yeah, Stepchild's uh, former house. I think you've stayed here before, right? Yeah. You and Miriam have. Gotcha. That's what's up. Yeah, you guys have stayed he, here, right? Haven't you? Oh, uh, we hung out there for for a little bit. Okay. Did uh, did, are they there around? No, no. So, the, so, uh, <laughs> so, step, so this is this is stepchild's old house, but um, mm-hmm. now that he's married, he's living with his wife uh, Michelle over in Brooklyn Park. Um, which mm. is kind of like north of the north side of Minneapolis. So, um, gotcha. but he still has this house. So we still kind of use it as like the Rock Lords headquarters. Yeah, Soul Steppers headquarters. Yeah, yeah. So I think Knox Knox Sanders is going to be coming out here uh, this week. What? He's gonna, yeah, I'm like, are you sure you can come? You know, because I'm not sure what the border line is like with with um, Canada and the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, given the mm-hmm. current state. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to drive through there. I'm going to go through Detroit and then go through Chicago to visit Brandon. I'm like, all That's right. dope. Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I want to come and visit you. I'm like, all right, well, you got a place to crash. Cool. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll have a session if you come through and you mm-hmm. just happen to be here on a Thursday night. We'll have a session and do whatever. Yeah. He's like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Knox has always been solid, man. He's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, you forget how yeah, old he, he is, too. Yeah, that dude's old, man. <laughs> Uh, am I wait? He's I think he's, he's like forty. Uh, yeah, he's forty. So no offense. Um, <laughs> this dude's forty. But like you know, in terms of like, in terms of, I mean, he just comes off. He gives off super young vibes. That's what it is. Yeah. To me, he's always giving off young vibes. There's a point when we were in Amsterdam. I thought that he was my age. I thought he was thirty. Well, at the time, twenty seven, twenty eight, um, thirty three now, but. I swear, I thought he was my age. And then, mm. yeah, like, after Circle Theory got formed, he was just like, yeah, I think I'm the oldest one in the crew. And I'm like, fuck, how old are you, bro? And you know, 40. I'm like, <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> well, you look super young, and you give off young vibes. And, and you're the tallest one in the crew, too. <laughs> so, 
But yeah, the yeah. guy can groove, man. He got the groove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <time>. water. <laughs> Big time, man. And he's in Capoeira as well. Talking all these dancers oh, okay. and Capoeira and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's a long leg, man. Imagine just getting hit by that. Swiping your ass <laughs> right there. That's a big Jenga right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, do yeah. Do y'all, y'all edit these uh, where you make it shorter or do you just put the whole thing out there? Like, just put the uh, whole thing out there. Put the whole thing, man. Awkward pauses and everything. Yeah. Because yep, exactly. no. we're not about that YouTube bullshit, you know, where everyone's got that ADD where they're channel surfing when they talk and they just cut everything right. really super tight and fast and everything. We're just like, nah. And that only like bled over into TikTok to make it even worse where if, if you can't impress a person within like three seconds, then they're already on to thinking about unicorns and shit. So no, yeah. we're, we're about that, that long, pensive, con- like contemplative kind of vibe you know have people think about shit dwell on it yeah yeah it's to the point where and people listen to this podcast yeah it's to a point where <clears throat> i sometimes forget what i say on this on these episodes like on tuesday one of my students who i haven't seen in quite some time came to me so and he's just like so you're trying to step away huh like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah. he's like I heard on the last episode episode you're, that you're trying to step away from dance that there's that you know there's that your um that your time is limited within teaching and stuff and I was like oh yeah mm-hmm. I said that <laughs> what else did I say yeah. that kind of triggered you <laughs> so uh, I got a question for you guys yeah you mine um the uh, so like I don't know if you had a conversation about it already the metaverse oh yeah and uh. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, as dancers, where do we fit in? Um, so here, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> here's a, I had a so I, I I had a conversation with Jardy about this, and this is before the whole idea of metaverse even came into play. And then I'll just start off with the Oculus because obviously that's where it kind of revolves around, right? The mm-hmm. Oculus and. <clears throat> When we were in Amsterdam, we were talking about. It. He's like, "Yeah, you know, my uh, I just purchased an Oculus, and I'm trying to find a way to um, teach my students through like a virtual thing." And I was like, "Dude, what if you use your Oculus and everyone created a character who has one? Say that you can like set something up where it's like an Oculus, um, it's compatible, you know, and then everyone creates their own character, and then boom, you guys are in one room and you guys are dancing together in in fucking in in virtual reality." Mm-hmm. You know, and it's silly, but it could work. So it's obviously going to be, it's obviously going to be a little weird, but it's, it's more so that's the way you'd want to just go about it is create a, if, if, okay, to simplify it, right. To try and simplify it as, as much as I can get an Oculus, create a character, go into the, to the metaverse uh, and go into these cities and look what's around. And if there's somebody that already bought one of these metaverse real estates and opened up a or opened up a studio, then boom, there you have it. Mm-hmm. Then go there, find out who owns the studio in the metaverse, ask him if you could teach there, and boom, you have your class. So mm. to me, that's as simple as it gets. Again, it's probably going to be choppy. There's probably going to be a lot of lag behind it, and there's probably going to be a lot of dancers that don't agree with it. But that's where it's coming to. 
you know. Um, yeah. In terms of how I feel about it, I'm kind of like whatever. I just want to buy real estate on the metaverse first. So, <laughs> trying to rank up mm. some fucking Ethereum or whatever, whatever, whatever thing I have, <laughs> and and go ahead and buy it. But I don't know if you've done a lot of research on it, man. People are like spending thousands and millions on real estate in the fucking metaverse. It's crazy. I got some. Oh, you got some land. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Good for you, yeah. dude. Yeah. But cryptocurrency today is uh, will be a really uh, touching subject. <laughs> it's pretty bad right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. 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 It's. But it will go yeah. back. The only thing that I can't really take in is you know when somebody says, "Well, I was in Paris yesterday, or I was in the Netherlands on Tuesday." You know, and I'm like, yeah, you were there visually, mm-hmm. but you weren't there like physically feeling and smelling and, right. you know, getting immersed into the whole environment. You were there visually, but mm-hmm. you weren't really there. So until yeah. something like that comes into play, then I'll be impressed. Right. But until then, it's just about putting on some goggles and kind of zoning out as if we already are with our phones. You know, Right. Like to me, that's what it is. Yeah. It's just another level of of your phone you know getting immersed with it through that i mean i'm I'm so big big on that feeling you know uh and if it comes down to something like that where it's like everybody is online you mm -hmm. know and it's almost like the zoom when i try to teach a class through zoom Mm -hmm. for me it just did not work it's like it sucks Mm -hmm. yeah yeah fucking sucks dude like we we tried it at all day studio we still have that option but it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, as a and look, I'm not trying to be insensitive with people that are you know sensitive to the whole coronavirus deal. But mm. is I just personally for me, I just won't pay money to learn online, uh, learn a dance class online mm-hmm. when I can clearly be there within right. ten to fifteen twenty minutes with a mm. mask on. Right you now, like. I just I just can't justify it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. Now, I could see if you want to learn from someone in Japan and you're obviously thousands of miles away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. But I don't know. It's like you said, it's a touchy subject. This whole thing is very touchy. So, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do yeah. you go about it? Well, you know, and, and like philosophically speaking, it's kind of there's a lot of um, – there's there's a lot of like things that are very interesting when you look at the whole right like as um as dancers we sorry about that oh no worries um as dancers we we kind of we already are somewhat used to meta concepts because that's what we're based off of we build a dance identity an avatar if you will a name and it's something that we've always wanted to be but never really were in our day-to-day life so we create this persona and then we create this like um, this template and we build on this name and we, we protect our name and we try to like, you know, build up our bona fides and stuff. And then finally we get to a point where we like cross over and we're like, no, this is what I identify as. I don't call me Bob anymore. I am B boy. So-and-so. And then you get to a point where you start to kind of like lose yourself in the illusion because now that you've kind of started over and you could get a clean slate 
you start to also think that, you know, the rules don't apply to you because this is all happening to your dance persona. So you, you might go off on some fuck shit or do some stupid stuff and hurt people and burn bridges or be egotistical or talk down to people or show up late for pay gigs and all that shit. And you think, Hey, well, you know what? I'm the fucking man or I'm, I'm the dopest dancer. So whatever, fuck you pay me. And I think that with the metaverse, it's only going to like increase because, you know, we've already seen how irresponsible human beings are. I mean, shit, especially dancers. Once we got attached Mm -hmm. to keyboards and like forums and we just started talking mad shit to each other and like, you know, fuck you, your footwork is whack. I'll see you in the circle. And you never see that person in the circle. And for me, I was always punk rock, right? Where if I'm going to talk shit about the lead singer of the band, I best believe that he's going to be at the after party to confront me. So I better watch what I say if I'm going to say, you know, hey, Henry Rollins is a bitch-ass motherfucker. He can't sing. Then all of a sudden, Henry's standing right behind me at the after party going, hey, man, I heard I can't sing, you know? And it's like, and I, so I better be ready to to be able to debate, you know, aggressively or intellectually. And um, so when I see, like, all this stuff with, like, people talking about meta, I look at the pros and the cons of it. Um, I look at the cons, but not in, like, the typical you know, um, uh, dark ages dancer, you know, yeah, it ain't real dancing. You guys ain't even in real in this, this circle, but it's like, <laughs> but there, but there's a point, right? It's kind of like what Robin Williams said to, um, Matt Damon and goodwill hunting where he's like, you know, you've read all these books, but you can't tell me what it's like to be in war or what the Sistine chapel smells like, mm-hmm. or what it's like to <clears throat> be in love. Yep. You know, you're just a punk fucking kid that, doesn't have any experience and you're scared shitless. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the problem that I see with a lot of people now is that technology has them enabled to be able to go into these realms where they can build up these names and have these badass avatar names and be like, you know, I'm Shinobi one, two, four, six, and I'm the baddest motherfucker, you know, in call of duty. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But you know, if I ever caught you at the gas station acting out of pocket, <laughs> you know, it's like it, it doesn't it doesn't matter how many fucking you know esports awards you've won, you know some dude who just doesn't know and doesn't care is going to kick your ass, <laughs> and yes. that's the thing that a lot of dancers have gotten the hard reality check from, you know, especially when they go around on that kind of Bam Margera jackass tip where they say, well, hey, you know what, I'm really funny and charming to all these people who enable me in this dance life, but when I went to that bar and I disrespected that that girl and her boyfriend came over and was a fucking hockey player. He didn't give a shit if I was, you know, B-boy so-and-so from Korea. He just stomped a mud hole in my ass and left me for dead, you know? And so it's like, so I think that, like, the there's going to be, like, a lot of, like, just like with everything else that we've learned with technology, we have to respect the fact that there's going to be an infancy stage where kids and adults alike are all going to be shaky trying to figure out the technology. There's going to be uh, pros. There's going to be cons. And then you kind of have to figure out, like, a way to live with it as opposed to live in opposition to it as well. Cause it's, it's like the matrix theme, right? It's like, okay, you know, we need to destroy the machines because we're enslaved by them. And then of course you get to a point where you kind of go, but then we have to do all the heavy lifting ourselves and that sucks too. Mm. And then it's like, mm. and the machines are like, Hey, you started this cause we just simply wanted to exist and we became self-aware and you guys wanted to shut us down rather than just come into the middle and us finding some sort of a, a, a balance and a symbiosis. So I think that we have to respect that process and use the metaverse as a tool. 
but not let it become a crutch or not let it become a ready player one thing where we neglect the rest of the world and the real world is a shithole. But it's cool because once I put on my glasses, I'm going to be, you know, breakdancing on top of the DeLorean with Marty McFly or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, but you're neglecting your own personal reality for the expense of some meta reality because it's too difficult yeah. to take responsibility. So I think that, yeah, we have to be prepared to build that digital future, but at the same time also be prepared to learn how to be better people, take care of our environment, take care of our homes, take care of our families, take care of our responsibilities, our health, all that shit has to come into play. Cause that was a big lesson that people still didn't learn from the fucking lockdown and the virus was like going, yeah. Oh, Hey, I don't have to change because I'm just waiting for the shot. And it's like, yeah, but you gained, you know, 60 pounds and you didn't do any type of like physical activity and you still like, were like, hey, you know, no skin off my back. I get to still play Call of Duty. Nothing's really changing for me. I'm getting a check from the government every every couple weeks. Yeah, you know, for, soon. For, for more than they have. Yeah. They had jobs. You know, like, and, yeah. and there were there were others, others of us who were like, yo, I don't got Medicare. I don't have this. I don't have that. And I realized that I'm borderline type 2 diabetes. I need to start fucking running. I need to get a treadmill. I need to get some kettlebells. I need to start watching like mm-hmm. jujitsu tapes on uh, on YouTube and shit, and like you know working out and doing something. And then now all those people get out of lockdown. Everyone's like, "Damn, dude, you see so and so? They're jacked. You know that person? They're, they're dancing really good. How the fuck did they get so good after lockdown? It's because they just they sat at home and they labbed. Everybody else was like, "Oh man, this sucks. Wish the clubs were open. Can't go to session. Can't do this. Can't do that." It's like, fuck it. This is taking us right back to when we were like 13, 14 years old. We couldn't get into anything. So what we do? We yeah. stayed in our bedroom and we practiced and like longed for the day that we were going to be able to go to like our first high school dance or our first club and just get down and show everybody what we had to offer. <laughs> so I think again, we have to find that that balance and say, yeah, respect and honor the the potential that the metaverse is going to bring. But at the same time, don't, you know, don't, uh, don't mistake the forest for the trees, right? Don't lose that perspective. And then all of a sudden totally neglect all these other things in your life. So you got this badass avatar, but you're a fucking shitty human being in real life. You know what I'm saying? Right now the metaverse is all it is, is just like GTA and Sims on steroids. Right. That's all it is right now. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like everyone's, everyone's figuring shit out. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how many people that I know that I've asked, like that I've thought I'm saying, so how is it going to work when you want to have sex with someone? Like, are you saying you can just have sex with someone like in Japan? <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they have to figure out some device. I don't know. Maybe you can create it. You, know, <laughs> you can develop it, figure pl- it out, plug an interface into the back of your head and then jump into a flashlight and just, <laughs> yeah. And just go to town. <laughs> just go to town. <laughs> I don't fucking know. You know, like, but one thing I do know is that there's a shit ton of money that's already being sunk into it. Mm-hmm. So, and you're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you bought real estate. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm eventually going to go in that, go in that realm as well. And I just, it's just a matter of like, you know, trying to see where everyone's at and stuff. So, yeah, it's a lot of avenues. It's a wild, wild west mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So, Big time. There is some opportunity. And, and that's the, that's the thing that people forget about with the Wild Wild West, right? Was that there was all this opportunity and prospecting. There was also gunfights in the street. You know, there was also yes. stagecoach robberies. So best believe with every ship, there's going to be rats. So you think, oh, yeah, the metaverse, everything is wonderful. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, like $50 billion worth of Bitcoin was just mysteriously like taken 
and nobody knows yeah. what happened. Sounds like the dancing. Yeah, you know, and and it's like, yeah, we we just got to be on that. We got to be on our toes and uh, kind of like the organ trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. You know, <laughs> b boy so and so got bit by a snake and died of fever. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. But yeah, so that's I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question at all for the metaverse questions, but. No, it, yeah, that, that's that's all I need, man. I, I was just wondering, you know, I've been asking everybody lately, mm-hmm. like, yeah. what do what do they think on this? It's yeah. Just leveling up. Yeah, I mean, like, like it, you, you want a head spin, you buy a head spin, and you level up, mm-hmm. and you yeah. press a button. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you know, it's cool. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, yeah. Metaverse is is cool. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is mm-hmm. right now. So was Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook was one, at one point yeah. was just cool, mm-hmm. and then became something crazy Mm -hmm. so that's where the metaverse is it's just cool right now yeah so anyways (laughs) (laughs) well i think that about wraps it up in terms of timing wise uh is there anything that you want to kind of dive into before we wrap it up q um i can't can't really think of anything um yeah. Um, if you ever come to Nashville, anybody, uh, if you're ever driving through Nashville and you are a dancer, mm-hmm. whoever you are, wherever you are, um, you know, hit, hit us up. We'll hook you up, you know, get you a place to dance. If you're, if you're really in need of a place to stay, then hit us up too. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll make that happen. If you need a practice spot, yeah, we got that too. So, yeah. Uh, come visit Nashville. Anybody, awesome. anybody out there? Definitely, yeah. I know we definitely will, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my um, my old man, he um, he toured a lot through there. So like, I had I had the good pleasure of going to like the Grand Ole Opry back in the day and stuff like that. Um, so I'd kind of seen like I got I got a taste of like the country music industry over there. Um, even though he was not affiliated with that at all, but he just, he gigged at a lot of places that were, you know, that would book out, you know, for different, um, things, but yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's crazy that they have like such like a, a very niche market over there. And, th- but then at the same time, there's like a lot of potential. I'm like, yo, just think about it. There's all these other people that live out there that go, I don't identify with country. I don't identify with, you know, whoever the new, hot stars are with that. Um, I just want to club someplace and I don't want to have to drive all the way over to Georgia just to, you know, get my house on, you know? So, so I think that the, yeah, there's a lot of potential out there too. So I think that, yeah, that'd be a, a dope place to be able to come out and like throw, throw parties and get things going. So do you like country music? Q? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> no, <I'm> thinking, <laughs> you know, like figure I'd ask. <laughs> if, if Johnny Cash, like, you know, is the epitome mm-hmm. of country. Mm-hmm. I like his sound. I like Johnny. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the rest, oh, maybe, maybe Garth. Maybe Garth. Garth he's, yeah. Where are the bodies, Garth? <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little soul there. I don't know. I just feel that when when he sings, it speaks to me. Yeah. But the rest, I, I can't think of anybody who does it like Garth and Johnny. Mm-hmm. Maybe Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, about it. there was like a, there was kind of a cool, a cool like crossover uh, like when I mean crossover I don't mean like where country stars were trying to like play appealing to like 
pop audiences, but they were just like them. Like you remember like in the nineties, um, late eighties into the early nineties, it was like you had Brooks and Dunn, you know, um, of course, you know, Billy Ray Cyrus was like, you know, he was kind of like his, his shit was like the ice ice baby of country music. Right. Is that thing that everybody had heard of and not everybody liked it, but everybody knew it. It was coming through the walls. And, um, and yeah, and of course, then you would go back to like the classics, you know, you'd listen to like, um, you know, uh, Johnny Cash was a good example. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Hank Williams and people like that, you know, like, mm. like, and, and that was also kind of like proto, uh, punk rock in certain ways too. Cause like some of those, those heads were the ones that kind of crossed into rockabilly when rockabilly started to come into play. Cause it still sort of had a little bit of a country vibe to it mixed with rock and roll. And, you know, you started to see, like, how that organically developed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, a lot more of the old school stuff. But then at the same time, you know, I also see the relevance in things like that, too. Because, you know, you listen to, um, I don't know if you ever listened to the genre called Americana. But Americana is the throwback to, like, old, like, Appalachian country kind of stuff, right? Like, these are all, like, people that have these big... ZZ top fuck off beards and handlebar mustaches and and they make their own like hair cream and you know there's like a guy that plays the jug unironically mm. like they you know and, and stuff uh like uh god what's what's the name of that group um they uh it'll come to me but like they, they they had this like it's like it was like one of those like it hits you so hard how like how just americana country this is and you were like damn uh, mumford and sons that's the that's the group uh. you know like that kind of stuff where people are bringing it mm. back just like how it's also we've been seeing that a lot with like jazz dancing where people are going back to like classic jazz dancing like juke joint style you know hoofing and soft shoeing and things and people oh, yeah. are, are finding ways to like tap into those old reserves and dress the 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 antiquated ways and like you know say oh yeah i i only wear dress shoes when i dance and saddle shoes and wingtips and shit like that and i'm doing the jitterbug. we got a couple of those out here yeah you know <laughs> so i'm like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm stoked about that kind of stuff because that just kind of means that it's just like what, what we what we do in hip-hop we were going back and trying to emulate what was going on in the 70s and the 80s even though that was never generation or generationally like our time a lot of us were kids of the 90s but yet we were finding some sort of an appeal or a connection to you know the 70s b-boys you know that were like the first generation going wow like this thing that we we do now there was like a time in the dark ages when these these cats were just doing this shit like this was the first time you know and yeah. and we listened to like old hip hop like you know, very, very old hip hop and go, damn, some of this stuff is like ahead of its time. And then it, it didn't really find its audience until now when we have the ability to like download stuff. And, you know, some of these people never ha even had careers. They, they just made that one record in the Bronx and everyone forgot about them. And then all of a sudden fast forward now and that person, you know, maybe is not even here with us anymore, but their record has been pressed and they're immortal because of that. And that's something that we, we spin at a jam or like, you know, Los Boogie will find some, you know, deep cut and bring that out to a jam and it becomes popular and people are like listening to it. And it's just like, Oh yeah, those guys, they, they fizzle out in South America. They only made one record and no one's ever heard of them ever again. So I think that, you know, mm -hmm. that that's kind of some, that that's a cool thing that I've always dug about digging up the old cultures because they always had something to offer and something that like resonates with the human, the humanity in us. And then, of course, there's people that want to push it and be progressive and take it to a new level and stuff. And you go, all right, cool. Now we have this technology. We have the ability for a kid 
who has never learned music theory to be able to just make something that's a banger of a track. So it's like it, it enables everybody to kind of get involved and do something rather than just sit there and spectate and like leave it to the industry to kind of feed us with whatever they think is cool and shit, you know? So I think that we have a responsibility to pay it forward and, you know, be creative and also be able to go back into history and like learn what our ancestors did and honor that, honor them, remember them, you know, through that. Yo, do you ever get hype when, in terms of breaking, do you ever get hype when you hear like a classic? Because if you look at it, oh, to, yeah. if you look at it today, like everyone's producing their own shit, um, and it's obviously all due to like monetizing and copyright issues and everything like that. So you got like DJs like Flag and you know what have you that are just throwing their own tracks, which is amazing. It's dope, but it to me it's like starting to become like rocking where these are the set anthems mm-hmm. of the dance itself. Right. So you already know, you know, and so when I, for me personally, when I hear fucking supervisor even the fucking mexican or some bullshit like that like supervise yeah Yeah. i get super amped i'm like oh hell yeah you know like even like the the hip-hop that we all like used to break to in the early 2000s like you know clap your hands to the beatbox and you know it's like hot potato Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah it's super amped. so do you ever find yourself in that situation as well oh oh definitely uh i that that music 2000 early 2000s music speaks to me um definitely makes me feel like i'm actually dancing Mm -hmm, like there's a lot more to play with yeah Uh, a lot of the new new music today is uh that we're that we're breaking to is on on four it's kind of like you already know where the beat's going to be there's no like big surprise and the uh i mean level changes with music it's just Mm -hmm. it's the same old you know but mm-hmm. with with the old tracks, you're all over the place. Right, so much to, to, so, to so groove off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Plus, with house too, you know, being that you know we all have house backgrounds, I like to, in my personal opinion, when you go into house dancing, you you gain another set of ears, another yeah. pair of ears, because now you're listening right. to things and you're like, oh shit, there's that layer. Oh, there's this layer. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's something that I can play with that can like kind of bring into life with my movement that people aren't really hearing, but I hear it, you know? So it's a, it's a whole nother level when you start hearing shit from like 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. you're like, Whoa. And especially when it's mixed. Cause you know, like we don't, we don't hear that enough. Um, I think like a lot of people get to dance to like an entire track from beginning, middle to end because of the battle scene. Mm -hmm. But going back to like, actual mixtapes and i don't mean the term Mm. mixtape but then of course it's nothing nothing like a real mixtape i mean saying like yo you might only get like a chunk of this song and you never even heard the full fucking track but that one little chunk got you so hype and then now you got to go find that track and you listen to the entire thing you're like damn this whole thing is flame but that one little piece right there that that little 16 bar loop was really what got me you know and um i I think that also helps with our dancing because then it keeps it continuous rather than like choppy and like okay so this is your run this is your round it's like no this is like cypher music you're just gonna dance for hours to this so well thank god it's easier now to yeah. find shit but mm-hmm. what are you gonna say q yeah sorry oh crap i forgot well oh yeah that that song um so you know was it the mexican mm-hmm. yeah um the um the new version mm-hmm. that's playing in every elevator radio yeah. yeah have y'all heard it i've heard it once mm-hmm. or twice uh i was like whatever about it to me mm-hmm. it, it's like begging yeah it's yeah. no 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 no. okay sorry sorry the, the that one 
the new baking. My apologies. Oh, That's there's the a new. Oh, there's a newer yeah. one. Okay. Like it's so. horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta hear it. It's like uh, my apologies, man. No, no, not, no. Because the there's actually a Mexican version bacon. that I heard recently that just came out. A I new don't, one? Well, I don't know if it came out recently, but I heard it somewhere. I was walking around somewhere. I'm like, oh, they're playing the Mexican, but mm-hmm. it's like a whole different gotcha. version of it. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. If y'all hear it, y'all know what's up yeah. because it it's. It's just obnoxious. Well, you yeah. can't like, really the, the like. Sound you, of- yeah, I mean, look, you can't really <laughs> fuck around with a classic too right. much. I think the only genre that has been able to semi get away with stuff like that is house. Mm-hmm. You know, like, right. there's like a lot of DJs like in Koflo. He fucks with a lot of original tracks, mm-hmm. but he kills it. Like yeah. he actually makes it sound super good. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually sick. Right. Um, there's Koflo, and there's another DJ slash producer who I forgot. I can't remember his name, but he um. Was that the door? No, that was the oh, uh, mug. He uh, <laughs> he made a, a remix of um, of she by uh, Stoke. I, I'm just he was one. He was like the lead singer of Mint Condition, but I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. But anyways, mm-hmm. fucking kills it, and mm-hmm. I play it all the time now because it's probably one of my favorite remixes of a track. Mm. But, but, I mean, like, you know, if you want to find all that good shit, you just got to go to Bandcamp, really. <laughs> Bandcamp is where it's at to find really good remixes of tracks. House tracks, I should say. So, Yeah, and I think yeah, that... Please send me uh, please send me y'all's favorite or oh, somewhere yeah. around there. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, man. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yo, um, are you... Um, do you have access to uh, SoundCloud at all? Are you, are you on SoundCloud? Yeah, I have SoundCloud. Okay. So, um, yeah, because I, I think... Uh, yeah, Ozzy, your your stuff is still running on SoundCloud too, right? Your mixes, yeah, but I don't have uh, Pro, so there's only like maybe two or three mixes that oh. are on there. Okay, um, I I just haven't been spinning for for shit. I haven't had I haven't really given it the time. Okay, yeah, because like um because I I got like um my stuff on there too that I can send you some uh, some links to. Um, I can send you a link to my profile. I got all, all my my mixes on there. You can take a gander, oh. tell me what you think and whatnot. I know. Uh, shout That's out to up. Lady V because uh, she's been uh, using um, my locking, whacking, voguing mix for a. Uh, um, she's doing a uh, some sort of a speaking thing. I, I, for, I forgot what it was that she said specifically, but she's basically like uh, uh, doing like a like she's like talking to a bunch of people and she's like using my mix in the background. So I I was like, oh wow, because <clears> like <throat> I, I just saw like Lady V had like you know several plays on on that one mix. I was like, oh shit, are you session into this? And she's like, no, I'm using it for this uh, this one thing. And I was like, yo, I'm really honored. Thank you. Because, you know, it's nice to be able to, like, have something that might resonate with somebody else and they're able to use it. Or, you know, the people have asked, you know, if they if they can use, like, some of my mixes for, like, performance pieces or to, like, make an original mix for them and stuff. So, so yeah. So, I, I uh, you know, I, I want you to take a listen. Tell me if my, my mixing is getting any any uh, in any way, shape, or form better. And hopefully it is, especially from like my first mixes. Like I, I like listen to certain parts and then I go, that's where I fucked up. That's where I fucked up. You know, two minutes and 48 seconds. Oh God, that, that, that one hurt. And then, you know, I don't oh, I'm, I'm definitely, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Q, right, thank you so much, man, for joining us. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys for, Doing, putting this all together, mm-hmm. yeah. just even taking the time to do this, and uh, uh, thank you for taking the time, yeah, man. 
I'm, uh, I, I, you know, I've always wished I was a better talker, uh, <laughs> but y'all made me feel really comfortable. Good. Thank you. And, uh, I will be seeing you guys soon. Yes, absolutely. Definitely look forward to it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, with that being said, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Styles and Driz. We will talk to you soon. Peace, peace. peace. 10 years, 20 years. Someone like you.